Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about State of Origin. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson, giving a big shout out to the best friend of the podcast, Owen. In this week's episode, we are focusing on all things State of Origin as we take a deep dive into Game 1's teams, discuss if this is the worst Queensland squad ever assembled, and mull over whether New South Wales should consider putting Nathan Cleary on ice if he goes missing in yet another big game. To help me do that is our full roster of Kieran Gibson and Miles Stedman. Kieran, we are about 24 and a half hours away from the scheduled telecast starting. Uh, how are your excitement levels? Does this, does this feel like State of Origin to you? Um, it does. Uh, and I, I quite like, there's been a, a lot of talk about it, having the series at the end of the season. And I, I quite like it. I think I like most that it's over three weeks. I think it's something that the NRL should do next year. They should have it in the middle. If I was planning it, I would have it in the middle of the season and have it over three weeks, um, standalone. But, um, yeah, that's, that's got me excited that in general, um, for origin more so this year than I think actually previous years, just that it's in that three week block back to back. I'm really excited for that. And it kind of makes me a little more excited for Queensland's prospects, given that uh, there'll be a bit of a, a war of attrition, given how ferocious origin games are and the uh, six again rule, there'll be quick games. So I, I think Queensland have a, an okay chance and yeah, I'm really excited. Miles, is the enthusiasm for uh, the event and the enthusiasm for Queensland's chances shared by you? <laughs> well, the, the uh, enthusiasm for the event is peaking, as is the enthusiasm for the Blues' chances. But um, just to kind of make a quick comparison to what Kieran was speaking to here with um, two other sports, uh, the AFL, they, they cancelled their state of origin altogether. But the reason that being was that it was starting to cannibalise the the regular season of, of the AFL, which was, uh, uh, I guess, peaking in the late 90s when they did make the call to can origin. And so I like that the rugby league has, has made the, the, the call to move it to the end of the year and it doesn't cannibalise our league as much uh, in this time period either. So that's good. Um, it also takes up more of the year with rugby league, which um, I'm not sure if you guys are worried. The NFL has, um, in, in the United States, uh, is big on being a, a sport with a 12-month presence, so uh, something to, to look at every every month of the year, and, and that means that Rugby League is sort of climbing up that way as well. So uh, on many different counts, I, I like Origin at the end of the year. I hope they choose to keep it at the end of the year, and I, I love seeing it across one month where really no other sport gets a look in, really. I was, I've got to admit, I was really conflicted yesterday. I've, I've signed into Foxtel, 501 is the cricket channel 502 is the rugby league channel and i on the rugby league channel they had the top 50 origin contests and it was in the 30s or 20s by the time i was watching it yesterday and on 501 was new south wales versus queensland in the sheffield shield of cricket (laughs) and it was i have to admit it feels like cricket season to me so i was i was getting into the cricket a little bit and uh New South Wales pulled off a one-wicket victory after losing a wicket with the scores level, which might be a bit of an omen for the New South Wales Blues. Guys, let's jump right into a spicy take. Is this is this the worst Queensland team ever assembled? Or at least the worst Queensland squad ever assembled? Uh, that in itself is more of a question than a take, but it could lead to a spicy take. I think... 
people are looking at the Queensland squad in comparison and relatively to the New South Wales squad that's been assembled. And I think some people are underestimating this Queensland team a little bit. I saw a stat yesterday that spoke to how inexperienced the Queensland side is, but they have 68 games of State of Origin experience in their 17 named for this game. And New South Wales only have 80, which is 12 more. So I don't see there being a huge gap in state of origin experience, at least. Um, maybe in terms of quality of the rosters on paper. But Kieran, I throw to you as a Queensland fan. Is this the worst Queensland squad ever assembled? Well, before I answer, I'll I'll just make note that I've been watching Origin since probably two thousand four, two thousand and five. So in my time that I can remember, and I didn't actually look back too far at the squads when I first started watching, although we were um, nearly winning from the moment I started watching, so I, I think it is, yes. Um, and you touched on that New South Wales um, only have 12 games more experience, but you also said they've got more quality for sure. And I have to touch on that quality. I think it's game-winning quality that Queensland um, don't possess nearly as much of, and it's for that reason that I, I think um, it could be danger signs for Queensland. Uh, I mean, Queensland have had the odd selection of the likes of Dean Nelson and Adam Mogg, um, and these were down to injury at the, at the time, just as some of these selections now are due to injury. However, it still stands as the worst Queensland side selected for mine. Game in the balance and needing a player to stand up who has been there and done this before. We probably have just Cam Munster in that department at origin level, as he did to the Blues with a Man of the Match series in Game 3 of the 2017 series. And selecting Hess, um, I think that's uh, an abomination, in my opinion, and so unnecessary. Um, the unbelievable thing to come out of all of this is that an already understrength team due to injuries, we haven't even picked the best available um, to pick from. There's been Harry Grant, Moeki Fotoeka, and Philip Sammy, if he is dropped, that should be there. Um, yeah, I'm at a little bit of a loss to understand why they weren't picked, and I think... For sure, it's uh, yeah the worst worst Queensland side I've ever seen. In saying that, I'm still quite excited, as I said at the, the beginning of the show. Well, there you go. So, as you say, you've only been following the sport since 2004, since you uh, since you moved over from a, another country, and it's the worst side in that time. That's not surprising, given that not long after 2004, Queensland went on a massive run of dominance. Miles, uh, is it a similar story for you, or can you point to a worse Queensland squad. Well, I, I am going to sit on the fence. Um, it's it certainly could be. Don't don't get me wrong. It would probably require slightly more surgical precision than I've gone into um, to prove it one way or the other. But I, in looking back through the series results, the most recent team that I think this was put this poor that Queensland rolled out seems to be the 2000 team, which was swept by New South Wales. But you probably have a little bit more of a vivid memory of it than uh, either Kieran or I, but um, that, that team boasted the likes of Paul Bowman and, and Darren Smith and the outside backs who are, you know, good players for sure, but I don't think state of origin talent is the, the first phrase that springs to mind when you think of either of them. Um, the halves as well, Ben Eichen, Adrian Lamb, uh, uh, Julian O'Neill played a few games as well, probably not quite as, as good as the state of origin playmaker needs to be, uh, nor was the hooker, uh, Jason Hetherington, but the, the forward pack was strong which means that uh, I guess that, that year's Maroons team bears a, a bit of similarity to this year's. So uh, interestingly enough as well, in, in doing my research on this, the um, 
many seem to point out that that series was the, the catalyst for the Maroons' eight-series winning streak, even though it did begin a few years post that, uh, credited to the, the Blues try celebration uh, in Game 3, which was, I, I believe, initiated by Brian Fletcher. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, though, a number of Hall of Famers walked into the Maroons' team after that year as well, which could and, and probably is the catalyst for that eight-game winning streak. But it's it's interesting to, to read that such a, uh, I guess... To, to show the Maroons up in that way with a, a try celebration in, in one of the most fierce and, and feared and, and rever- revered sporting contests in the world is, uh, it's an interesting thing to read. It was enough to get Wayne Bennett back on board. Uh, and that was, that was the death knell for New South Wales, as it turned out for the next series, at least, uh, 2001, I think you can make the argument that 2001's team is actually a worse team than 2000's. But, as you rightly point out, 2001 got the chocolates, 2000 got absolutely hammered by the Blues. Uh, So it's hard to argue that 2001 is a worse squad than even 2000, but worse squad than what they have now, even though they had the likes of John Doyle, Chris Beatty from the Sharks, John Buttigieg from the Cowboys, Daniel Wagon... um, uh, one of my Nuts. alumni, one of my alumni from uh, Runcorn State High School in in South Brisbane, uh, Daniel Wagon <laughs> played five eighths out of position for the, for the Maroons in two thousand and one for all three games, and they won. Uh, it was quite incredible. Um, I, there's a few candidates for worst uh, squads though. Uh, the obvious one is nineteen ninety five where they were completely decimated by the Super League War. Uh, New South Wales were also decimated by the Super League War, but not to the same extent, uh, because teams like Manly, uh, who were quite dominant in 1995, um, were an ARL team, not a Super League team, so a lot of their players featured for New South Wales. Uh, Queensland, not so lucky, but then they went on to win 3-0 anyway, so again, pretty hard to call them the worst squad ever, even though on paper they are... Uh, a frightful thing to look at, including Dale Shearer at 5'8", Ben Eichen, 18 years old, on the bench, no one even knew who he was. Names like Craig Teven and Terry Cook from the South Queensland Crushers, uh, Tony Hearn from the North Sydney Bears, uh, you've got Danny Moore from the Manly Seagulls, who we remember well from our classic match review in 1997's Grand Final. Um, another team that actually caught my eye, I've got to be honest, was the 1981 series. Um, I'm going to throw wow. some names. I'm going to throw some names at you guys. Uh, obviously, Mal Meninga's in there, future or immortal at centre. Wally Lewis was the captain. A very young Wally Lewis was captain, and at five eight for the first time, he played lock in the first ever State of Origin game. People forget sometimes. Um, Chris Choppy Close was at centre. Colin Scott was fullback. Rod Morris, a future Queensland selector, was the front rower. Uh, so some very, very good players there. Uh, Mark Murray, a future Queensland coach, uh, and also the most recent Storm coach apart from Craig Bellamy, um, was on the bench. He was a halfback. But I'm going to throw some names at you, and I'd be surprised if either of you have heard of any of them, such as Brad Backer, Mitch Brennan, the halfback, Ross Henwick. We've got uh, the front rower, Paul Kahn. Uh, Chris Phelan was the lock. There's a, there's a lot of uh, guys that don't carry big names in rugby league. But again, they got the chocolates 22 to 15. So I think the worst squad ever is the 1997 series, which includes names like Danny Moore on the wing, 
Ben Eichen and Adrian Lamb at halves. Neil Tierney from Manly playing in the front row with Craig Smith from the Dragons. Jamie Goddard famously uh, in a brawl with Andrew Johns in that series at hooker. He was from the Gold Coast. I think they were called the Chargers at that point. Uh, Wayne Bartram at lock. It was Jeremy Schloss. There's a name. Clinton O'Brien from the South Queensland Crushers. Uh, Julian O'Neill was playing terrible football for the Rabbitohs at this time, and he managed to get a run. Uh, it was it was an abomination of a team, and they did go on to lose the series 2-1 in 1997, albeit those two losses were very close games. So uh, one thing you can say about Queensland, and I really liked what you said, Miles, was uh, the, the comparison to the 2000 side having some really uh, unheralded backs, you know, run-of-the-mill halves, but a pretty strong forward pack. Um, that's where this squad seems to be this year. So while they might not be as good on paper in a bunch of years, the Queensland side, through the decades, they do still make a game of it and quite often get the results. So let's move forward to the 2020 series, gentlemen, uh, and talk about the teams that have been named. Uh, Brad Fittler and... Uh, Wayne Bennett have named their teams. New South Wales, I'm going to go to you here, Miles. Are there any uh, any real surprises from the 17 that's been named for New South Wales for you? I wouldn't say surprises, no. I think the, the Blues do have the clear advantage in the back line, and I don't think it should be... Uh, it shouldn't be as hard as it has been in previous years, I, I guess, to exploit... Queensland's outside backs, given how many suspect defenders populate the, the Maroons' edges this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the New South Wales halves actually throw it around a bit uh, a bit more early on, given how fast Game 1 usually starts and, and how nervous I'm guessing the Maroons' backs will be. So I, I think if New South Wales can build up an advantage on the scoreboard by the half, it'll, it will take a hell of an effort for this Maroons team to claw it back. I'm looking at uh, at their 17. So uh, for posterity, I'll just read through it. So they've got Tedesco at fullback, Tupo making a, a, a return from the wilderness on the wing with Josh Adokar. Jack Whiten has indeed been named at left centre with Clint Gutherson making his debut at right centre. Luke Keary is making his debut at 5'8 with Nathan Cleary, much maligned at this level. Daniel Saifiti and Junior Paulo at the front rowers. Paulo making his debut. Damian Cook at hooker with Jake Trevojevic seeming to have shaken off an injury to take his place at lock. The very experienced Boyd Cordner and Tyson Frizzell on the edges. The bench is Cody Walker, Payne Haas, Cameron Murray, and Angus Crichton. When I look at this team, I see a lot of mobility there, Kieran, and I think that's something that they really tried to focus on with the six again rule. But in saying that, there is a lot of size up front as well, with the likes of Siafiti and Paulo, with Payne Haas coming off the bench. What 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 do you make of of this New South Wales team? Where 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 are they gonna beat the, these Queenslanders? Um. Well, I don't know. First, I'll just touch on you. You said mobility. I think that that will be huge, and I think the fact that they brought in Paulo. Um, he's obviously there they play two different positions but I'll kind of compare him to Cameron Murray I thought when Cameron Murray came on in game three last year he completely changed the game he was a 
he had a few one-on-one -on -one strips. I think he had an intercept. Um, and the way he, he ran on an angle in his passing game, it completely changed the shape of New South Wales' attack. And honestly, I, I reckon I would have given man of the match to Cameron Murray for his performance last year in that game. Um, and Paulo kind of offers a, a similar sort of attacking um, skill set. I guess you would call it with his passing and uh, his ability to, to draw defenders and then um, uh, give more space for his halves and um, other outside players to, to exploit a, a Queensland defence that, um, as we've said, is quite un untried and untested at this level. So I, I really like that mobility that they've got, and they've still got a lot of size. Saifidi, Paulo, um, Frizzell, he's not the tallest, but he's still quite stocky. Uh, that's, that's a lot of size, and then they've still got Haas to come on off the bench. Um, and then, yeah, when Queensland are tiring, um, you've got Cody Walker, who Andrew Johns has come out and said, and he said he thinks that um, Cody Walker produced this, the best six weeks of the, the end of the regular season of any player, and honestly, I think I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a very good New South Wales side, and I don't know that I would have changed any of it. It's interesting you touch on Cody Walker there. Miles, I might throw to you on this one. I'm looking at the makeup of this Blues team. Uh, Tedesco is carrying a slight injury, uh, but obviously he'd be planning to play 80 minutes. You've got Kiri and Cleary, who will both play 80 minutes for sure. Damien Cook, likewise. Um, are you envisioning Cody Walker coming on as a, as like a, a, like a running, like a lock almost? Well, I heard he'd been training at fullback actually a bit, so make of that what you will. But look, I think that Brad Fittler will be going into this game thinking, or hoping at least, that he doesn't even have to play Cody Walker or maybe gives him some garbage time at the end of the game. Uh, I think that will be the way he goes into this, that Cody Walker is a, a bit more of a, uh, a break glass in case of emergency than someone who absolutely has to be deployed. But if he does come on, I would like to see him given a little bit more space than he was given to operate last time he played State of Origin. He, he did look like a tear in the headlights. There's no escaping that. So maybe if he is given uh, a bit of a run around, maybe even in the centres or, or somewhere out on the edge, it, it could do him a little bit of good for his confidence if he's going to be a, a longer-term blue, like Brad Fittler seems to have him pegged for. But interestingly enough, you, you guys both seem to mention the 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 fleet-footedness of the um, the New South Wales forward pack compared to the the Queensland forward pack. And I just want to kind of dovetail off on that. Uh, I think they seem to have maybe even more punch coming off their bench, Queensland's, than the New South Wales. Uh, Wayne Bennett, obviously, a far more experienced head coach in, in any arena than Brad Fittler, state of origin or, or club. So I think if he, he does get his substitutions right, I think the Maroons may be able to to put some points on through the guts of the game with guys like Lindsay Collins and, and Jay Arrow and Jaden Sewer carrying up against uh, maybe slightly smaller forwards like Cameron Murray and Angus Crichton and Tyson Frizzell. Not that they're small by any measure, but certainly smaller than their, their Queensland counterparts. So uh, I think, uh, of course, however, for that to, to even matter, the Maroons will have to, to go into the half with within striking distance of the Blues, which uh, maybe not necessarily 100% on the cards. Well, I might I might just go through that Maroons list that you were talking about just there. So at the fullback, they've predictably gone with AJ Brimson, who'll be on debut. Uh, on the wings in the named 17, they have got Xavier Coates and Philip Sammy, although the hot word is that Sammy will not play. 
Gagai will move to the wing and Kurt Capel will come into the centres, but we'll see how that plays out. At this stage, the centres are Branko Lee and Dane Gagai, keeping in mind that Coates has just shaken off an injury and Branko Lee has sustained a minor one today, uh, so that, that could be very interesting. Very inexperienced backline there, except for Dane Gagai. In the halves, they've got Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans, who is the captain. The hooker is Jake Friend, who is on debut, but as we talked about before, he's played for Australia. His captain is club to premierships. He'll be okay. Uh, Christian Welch had a fantastic grand final, has been at this level before, uh, with Josh Papali'i, who's probably been one of their most informed front rowers in the comp. Felice Kafusi, uh, probably on the right edge, with Cohen Hess on the left, and Tino Faasua Maliawi at lock. On the bench, they got Ben Hunt, Lindsay Collins from the Roosters front rower, uh, Jai Arrow, and Jaden Suar from the Rabbitohs, who is also on debut. There's a lot of debutantes in that squad. Um, but, Kieran, as, as we're both up here in Queensland, we've been hearing a bunch about potential changes uh, to that 17 before kickoff. Uh, do you think there will be a few little mind games there from Wayne Bennett? I mean, absolutely, yes. He's the, the master of it. And um, I do hope that some of the mind games aren't just mind games. I really would like to see Kurt Capel come in. And um, when I first read it, I was really excited. And then I found out that it was for uh, Philip Sammy and not Xavier Coates or Coates, who I was hoping it would be for. <laughs> um so, yeah, that was a little annoying. I think um, Sammy is the better of the two, but I think Coates has been picked for his size to deal with uh, crossfield kicks towards Daniel Tupo. Um, although defensively, I don't really rate um, Coates in the air. I think he was exploited a little bit against the Cowboys, in particular, I remember, in round 20. Um, he's very good attacking the ball in the air, but defensively, it's just a, a little bit of a worry. Um, Kate Wall was really, really good against the Rabbitohs at centre in the preliminary final, so I, I really like that selection there. Um, I think the, the one thing that's really giving me hope for this series is our halves. Um, I think I touched on last week that they've been together since 2018, although that was the, in the last game of that series, so four games together. Um, but the experience and quality of those two uh the cool, calm, and collectedness, I think that that will probably keep us in the game for a, 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 a nice chunk of this match, as long as uh, they don't get on the board early, as Miles touched on. Um, and then anything can happen from there. I mean, we, we outplayed the Blues in Game 3 last year in the decider, in the decider for um, large periods of that match with our intensity and uh, pressure. Um, so if we can bring that similar energy again, um, I think these young forwards, <laughs> excusing... Uh, my disrespect, but except for Hess, possibly he could be. He honestly could be a liability. Um, I, I, I do, I do quite like this forward pack. Um, so yeah, and uh, I've got. I won't, I won't ruin it just yet. But uh, I, I'm really, really excited to, uh, for Jaden Sewer, and he's part of my bold prediction. Very interesting, Miles. Uh, I imagine there's probably quite a few surprises in the in the Queensland squad generally, and I, I look at. Uh, we, we talked about last week about how Josh McGuire missed out on the 27 entirely. I thought that was a bit crazy. Uh, you look at that back line and even a guy like Corey Oates, who has been in pretty indifferent form for the Broncos, 
Uh, probably could have added a bit of experience to this back line as well. Um, but are there any are there any surprises for you? I, I, I'm pleased for you, by the way, that your bold selection of Philip Sammy being named seems to be on track at least. Uh, but are there any uh, any selection surprises here in the 17? Funnily enough, no, there's not. I mean, I, I know the, the back line is very suspect, but I think that given all the outs right now, that's probably what Queensland's best backline actually looks like the, mm. the the biggest selection surprise to me here is probably honestly well obviously jake friend at hooker i'd say but more no harry grant at all in the squad whether it's at 14 or or starting or anything like that i thought this would have been the perfect game to um kind of put his feet in the water in a, in a game in which queensland haven't been given much of a chance and there's um i don't want to say not as much on the line but certainly not as much at risk here for Queensland if they, they lose or even lose big. So I would have thought that Grant might have got a run, and he may still, who knows, but to, to not have him at all in the 17, that's that was a bit of a surprise for me, especially when you, you're talking about Jake Friend and Ben Hunt, who have both played state of... Oh, sorry, they've both played representative football before and, and probably aren't neither a long-term Queensland prospects. So that's, that's what I found a little bit interesting. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, much like Appy Corusau, who missed out on the 27-man squad for New South Wales, I think he's just cursed by the fact that you really only need one hooker. Uh, two at best. Uh, it's kind of like if you're a really good wicketkeeper in cricket. Uh, unfortunately, there's only one spot uh, in the 11 for you, so you have to be better than the bloke that's the best. That's all there is to it. Um, in the case of Queensland, they've had Cameron Smith for a decade and a half. Uh, which has kept the likes of Jake Friend at bay. Um, they got Ben Hunt, who had a really good series last year for Queensland. People forget that. He had a really, really good series. Uh, and then you got Harry Grant, the Rookie of the Year. You've also got Reed Marnie uh, poking around as well. Unlu- probably unlucky to miss out in the squad, but they've got an embarrassment of riches at hooker, much like New South Wales, where they've got Cook. They've got McInnes, who I think is a very, very good squad member for them. Uh, there's no room for Coruscant. They didn't need him. Uh, so uh, Harry Grant's unlucky the big surprise for me I think is twofold I agree with Kieran that Cohen Hess is the wrong choice Um, there probably is room for Hess in the 27 man squad as it is Uh, but Jaden Suar is absolutely the informed back rower Uh, unfortunately Kafusi and Suar are both predominantly right side specialists so um, having Cohen Hess on the left I think is designed to keep people comfortable in their positions. Uh, Another one that I'm surprised by is Jai Arrow coming off the bench. He's more of a workman-like kind of forward, in my opinion. The kind of guy that does the one percenters, uh, which is exactly the kind of person that I want to see at lock forward in a state of origin game. Instead of an impact player like Tino Fatasua Maliawi, um, so I thought that was a very, very interesting selection. Uh, it could be a fitness thing based on the fact that Fasu Maliawi has been playing a lot of football recently, but also not big minutes. So he shouldn't be extremely fatigued, um, but will, will be match fit. Um, so perhaps that's what they're looking for. And maybe just that little bit of punch at the start. Miles, I'd like to hear from you where you think New South Wales are going to beat Queensland here? Well, i got to say, I think it's in the back line. I, I, as 
as classy as guys like uh, Brimson and, and I think also Young Coates is and obviously Gagai is a I think he's he's won the I can't remember what the, who's the medal's named after but he, he I think he's been named the Queensland State of Origin Player of the Year before mm. so there's certainly class in the back line but I, I don't think it's the same class to keep up with what the Blues are going to roll out so as I said I, I think if the Blues can throw it around early, get some confidence into themselves and start to pile on a few points, maybe some out wide. I think it could be a long night for Queensland. So you're anticipating the Blues coming out of the blocks uh, quite early, trying to establish early points and then just running away from it with it from there? Yep, an ambush, if you will. All right. Well, uh, Kieran, Queensland's probably planning an ambush of their own. Where do you see them beating the Blues? Um, I, I, I sort of alluded to it before um, when I said the experience of our halves. I really think that they'll be vital in uh, bringing other players into the game if our forward pack aims up. And honestly, I, I really do trust that they will. They haven't really let us down in a series that I can recall of ever since I've been watching. Um, I think that'll go a long way to victory. And um, then linking up with Brimson, the the man on debut at fullback, um, he has brilliant, instinctive and incisive attacking play with mesmerizing footwork that can trouble and, and does trouble any defense. His uh, run in the when he came in, I think, round 11 this season was incredible. I, I can't recall a bad game that he had. Um, so I think his link-up play with Munster will be crucial to a victory if they can um, find some gaps through the middle uh, and they're supporting each other. That'll be... Uh, go a long way but as I said the, the forwards will have to, to lay the platform um, as cliche as it is I, I, but I, I think they can I think they're up for the task I, I won't um, go back to my good friends but um, most of them are, are, are uh, capable of um, gaining a lot of gar- yardage up, up the middle um, so that should be something that we can count on and uh, it should provide a bit of space for... Yeah, I, I kind of think if we had a player like Thurston who you know can create points, it, w- it doesn't really matter who's in the back line. Um, hopefully Munster can bring his uh, best, his t- a 10 out of 10 game, and that will uh, be enough to sort of help um, where we kind of maybe lack a bit of quality in the backs. They'll just be able to score off Munster's quality. All right, and uh, reverse question, I suppose. So... Miles, uh, in your blue side, which I think all three of us agree is definitely better on paper, what is it that concerns you about the blue side? Is there anything? <laughs> Look, short answer, no. Long answer, I am... Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not concerned about anything in the Blues team as much as I am concerned about how Wayne Bennett absolutely has the ability to coach Brad Fittler where as probably Kevin Walters didn't um, Bennett is, is eons more experienced than Fittler I think he was probably coaching when oh he was definitely coaching when uh, Freddie was in high school so um, that that's my, my greatest area of concern is now that Queensland is in fact if anything Queensland has made the biggest upgrade uh, anywhere among either of these teams and that's a coach very true, and I think you'll find that Bennett was coaching when Fittler was in primary school. <laughs> so true, yeah. even even further back, um, Kieran, uh, what concerns you about the Queensland team? Uh, I guess the most is not just the the number of debutants, but the, their age as well. I, I think back to Jared Hayne on debut, and I, I I think he's a superstar, but 
I was expecting him to, to light it up on the Origin stage. Obviously, I was a young age, so maybe I was a bit naive to think that he would just come in and, and tear it up. And he had a, a bit of a horror game in that um, his debut, and that kind of worries me against a very, very good New South Wales side. Will some of these debutants, will the nerves get to them? Yeah, I think I think that is the thing, isn't it? Um, I, I think if New South Wales are to win, they're going to want to stamp their authority early because one thing that Queensland will do is come out with lots of intent. If New South Wales can squash that as quickly as possible at a neutral venue, uh, it could be curtains for the series, really. Uh, it probably won't be. There's always a twist and a turn. But if New South Wales can get out to that fast start that Miles is referring to, it could very well be uh, a 38-6 to scoreline like last year's game too. But if the game is close, if the margin is less than, say, 8 at half time, um, and Queensland are, are sort of in the game or within striking distance in that last quarter... I could see them. I could see them spring an upset if if it gets down to a bit of a, a war of attrition, like you were saying, Kieran. Like that's that's the kind of thing that's going to bring them into the contest. Is that series mentality? Is that war of attrition? Is that me versus you situation? Realistically, uh, if you look at uh, each player mano a mano, the Blues have the advantage in almost every position. Uh, you know, would if if Tedesco was a Queenslander, would he be there in place of Brimson? Yes. The same is said for Tupo and Addo Carr and Whiten and Gutherson <laughs> probably squeezes in there as well. Uh, Cleary beats Cherry Evans. Munster probably beats Cleary. But for the back line, it's probably Gagai and Munster are the only ones that survive. And the only reason Gagai does is that he was a Queenslander in the first place and he's proven himself at this level. He would not have made a New South Wales team. So uh, across the park, New South Wales are better on paper and that is just the way Queensland likes it. I did make uh, a reference to the fact, by the way, just to jump through a little bit, that Cleary on paper probably is better than Cherry Evans, particularly on form. But one thing that Cherry Evans has got that Cleary has not is a premiership. Cherry Evans, has he led the Manly Sea Eagles to a premiership in his rookie year, I believe, when he won the Rookie of the Year comp, uh, prize at the Dally M's. If not, it was like the year after. It was very, very close. So that's a guy who, at a young age sprung into the competition and was immediately capable of directing a team around the park and getting a result, including a premiership against the likes of uh, the Storm, the Roosters, the Warriors, who had a good team that year as well. The Dragons were a good side as well. So, my point is that the Cherry Evans has big game experience and has proven it over the course of his career. Nathan Cleary frankly, has not. He's played five Origin games, or four and a half, because he was injured at halftime and went off just after halftime in Game 2 last year, 2019. And he's also played in one grand final. And the the brutal honesty, the spicy take of it all, uh, according to Mr. Miles Steadman, is that Nathan Cleary has gone missing in pretty much every big game that he's played. Uh, and Miles, you put it to us that is it time if he does go missing one more time 
in this in this first game of 2020 series, is it time to put him on the back burner a little bit and give somebody else a go? And I suspect that this question is possibly framed by the fact that you're a little bit salty that Adam Reynolds missed out on the squad. Would I be right in saying that? <laughs> always, Bo. Always, always salty when Adam Reynolds misses out. He's one of my personal favourites, even though I'd uh, known Rabideau's hater. But um, I digress. Uh, uh, this will be Nathan Cleary's third series, as you pointed out which uh, I will add was around about the time New South Wales fans started souring on, on Mitchell Pearce and calling for him to be dropped. So it'll be interesting to see if Cleary is treated the same, especially if the Blues don't win the series, which, you know, it still has to be played. We, we haven't won it at all just yet. Um, I think like Pearce, Cleary seems to be benefiting from a very little outside competition, given New South Wales selectors seem to have drawn a line through Reynolds. So uh, I think if Cleary does have another poor series, I think it would be become harder to deny Reynolds given the good work he's done the past few seasons and especially his performance in the most recent final series which is where you really start to get to the pointy end of comparing the two players because Reynolds has shown up in the finals he's won the premiership as as you said Cherry Evans has and he's uh, he was really good for the Rabbitohs in the, the most recent final series in fact he probably outplayed Cleary in the game that those two played against each other mm. so I think if he has another good season next year and, and who knows if state of origins at the end of the year again and cleary perhaps not as great in, in this series and uh, as good as he is um throughout the season i think it's it's time to maybe give reynolds another shot or or who knows maybe even mitchell moses uh, given how he's playing well that was going to be my next question was uh like who else is there so obviously mitchell pierce is still there or thereabouts but uh, injury, age, and indifferent form seem to be catching up with him a little mm. bit. Adam Reynolds, a very good halfback, no question about it, and a premiership winner. Uh, Mitchell Moses, a good player, but probably also a bit of a problem with the big games uh, as well. He seems to be unable to ice uh, those big moments and get his team where they need to be. Um, I can't think of too many other people screaming out for selection. Yeah, look, there, there's not a ton. Um, so that's that's what would keep Cleary in a job if he's uh, poor again in this series. But uh, Reynolds is. There's no questions about it. There's Reynolds is giving him a run for his money. And for whatever reason, Fitler, who I think, you know, probably sees a bit of Cleary in himself. They both uh, from West Sydney, both grew up in Penrith. Uh, I think they probably... I, th- I actually think they went, went to the same high school as well. So... There, there is a lot of similarities there. Uh, who knows, maybe Cleary takes off for another club in a few years as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot easier to for Freddie to see a lot of himself in Cleary and wanting to, to keep giving him a go, especially when he played with his father, Ivan. So, um, But, look, Reynolds is, is giving him a shake for his money, and I think if next season maps out the same way it did this season, I think that the call for Reynolds should get louder. Kieran, what's your take on all this? Uh, Nathan Cleary is undoubtedly a fantastic talent. Nathan Cleary is also, what, 22 years old? Um, Which is a little bit early to maybe put a line through him. But if he doesn't perform in this game, like he hasn't in the previous five Origins or four and a half, um, is it time to maybe, say, give Luke Luke Cleary a game at halfback and have Walker, Luai... Whiten move into 5-8? Uh, I don't hate the call, but 
Definitely not for mine. Um, I do think back to Jonathan Thurston when he debuted, and from memory, he was actually very good from just about the the start. But I liken Nathan's form this year to Jonathan Thurston. Whilst he hasn't been as good on the Origin stage at a similar age, I think this season where we've seen some blistering consistent form from the Penrith number seven and. Obviously, the Blues' persistence with Mitchell Pearce didn't really pay dividends, but Cleary is the, the superior pl- player now. Um, and when comparing f- form between Cleary um, and Pearce, both at, at 22, I think Cleary is much better than what Pearce was. Um, you do have Adam Reynolds, who's bolting in, who bolted into superb form towards the end of the season, and I do think it was harsh to leave him out altogether. Um, however, Cleary being the incumbent and having a, a stellar season himself, it was the right way to go, in my opinion. Um, I did check some stats. I, I quite like my statistics, and uh, Cleary actually averaged over a hundred more kicking meters per game than Adam Reynolds this season, um, averaging 495 meters a game. Uh, and his defense is also extremely solid. And he, if he can focus on these two areas, particularly his kicking, it may be enough to gain the momentum for the Blues and heap all the pressure on Queensland. Um, in just two games this season, uh, I, I believe that these were statistically Nathan's two best kicking games. He kicked for 632 meters against the Cowboys and 591. And that's usually more than handy for a halves partnership. Um, so whilst both of those games against the Cowboys and Rabbitohs were close-run things until Nathan Cleary tries um, at the end of both, it just shows how pivotal his kicking game is, and it could be the difference in the in the um, dying minute moment. Sorry of the series. Very interesting. I, the, as I've said, I think Cleary has the ability to be something special, and while the Blues have the ability to carry him if he is a little bit slow off the blocks or something like that. Like, if you've got someone like Luke Keary, you've got someone like Cody Walker in the squad, you've got someone like Jack Whiten out there in the centres, you have the ability to to carry Cleary as long as he makes his tackles, he keeps his error rate down, um, and just does his general kicking and just directs the team around. But um, there comes a time where scrutiny does have to be placed on him, particularly if other players are stepping up and would perform in the arena. Guys, I have a little bit of a quiz for you, uh, just to sort of shine a light on on some of the stats uh, from Cleary's five Origin games and his one grand final appearance. Okay, so I've picked out some stats that uh, are pretty important for a half particularly in big games. Um, For example, and I'll throw to both of you, um, how many, so combining all five origins and that one grand final, how many try assists do you think Nathan Cleary had Kieran? Oh, two. And Miles? I was going to say two, so I'm going to say one. Zero. He's had zero try assists in that grand final and the four and a half origins, let's call it. Okay, so line break assists. How many do you think he's had across all of those games, Miles? I'm going to say zero. (laughs) And Kieran? I'll go one. Zero again. He's had zero line break assists and zero try assists across those six games. Here's another one, and he's got a fantastic kicking game, as we talked about. It's pretty much Reynolds, Cleary, dust after them for kicking games in the NRL. 
How many forced dropouts do you think he forced in those six games, Kieran? Two. Two. And Miles? Well, he's we know his long kicking game is a lot better than his short kicking game, which you usually see more from Arpi Corrissau this season or Jerome Lewis. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say zero again. It was one. So I've split the difference there. He did force a line dropout in the third game of 2018, which they lost. Uh, they had already won the first two games, though. Um, okay, and here's one for you: errors. How many errors do you think he's committed in those six games, Miles? Well, errors that go down on paper, I'd say about... I'd say... Hmm, let's call it five, one for each game. All right, and Kieran? Uh, I'll go six. <laughs> Three. Three errors. He made one error in 2019's game one and two in the grand final. And obviously, they were probably chasing some points in that grand final when he's made those errors. So what you can say about Cleary is that, yes, he's not he's not assisting tries or line breaks. He's not really forcing dropouts. Uh, his kick meters are dramatically down, by the way. He's usually averaging in the 200s during the big games. Um, and he's But he's got a very low error count. So he's the kind of guy that is, uh, you know, competing and he's doing things really, really well. What do you think... Here's, here's one for you. What's the most tackles he's made in one game out of those six games? Uh, Kieran, what do you reckon the most tackles he's made is? Uh, I'll say 33. <laughs> All right, and Miles? I remember on on debut in State of Origin, they ran about him, ran at him just about every every single time the Maroons. So I'd say maybe twenty. It was thirty three, thirty three uh, uh, in two thousand and nineteen. So very well done, Kieran. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, but uh, you're right; they did hammer him. So uh, in that first game that you're talking about, Miles, he made twenty five tackles uh, out of thirty one attempts. Uh, twenty five out of thirty four. Twenty eight. Thirty three. 12 in that half game and 17 in the grand final where defense was not a premium. Uh, and he just, he preferred to let people like Pappenhausen run past him instead of try to tackle him. So, uh, that, <laughs> but so what that shows is that he defensively, he holds up pretty well. That's a tackle efficiency of usually in the, around 80 to 85%, which is quite good for a halfback. Um, I can tell you that in that time, the most run meters he came up with in a game was 105 uh, Miles, which game do you think that was? Um, the grand final or or game one, two, three, 2018 or game one, two or 2019? I'm going to say it was game one, 2019. What do you think, Kieran? Um, I can't really remember his state of origins too well and he did score that try. I'll say the grand final. It was the grand final, and this is this is largely my point because he's, he ran for 105 meters in that grand final. But in his origins, he's run for 48, 50, 50, 61, and then 21 in that half game that he played. So he's not the kind of guy that's assisting tries, assisting line breaks, taking the line on, forcing dropouts. But he is making his tackles and he is keeping his errors down. Is that what you're looking for in a halfback, Miles? No. 
And Kieran, do you think uh, on the reflection of those stats that maybe there is a case if he does go missing again uh, that it's time to look elsewhere? Definitely off off the basis of those stats. And also um, he is a little uh, slow to settle into games. And I, I think Reynolds is quite notoriously is maturing now. I think he's 30 years old. He is good off the bat as soon as the whistle goes. Um, you know what you're going to get from him. And uh, I think that's what you need in origin so yeah definitely i think there's a, a strong case to suggest that all right so that's, that's some interesting stats there thanks for playing along guys i i was i was absolutely shocked by the way I, I would not have guessed a lot of those uh particularly the try assist one i thought that was a crazy stat um let's let's go to our, our tips for state of origin game one um now obviously there's some state allegiances at play here um <laughs> my heart says queensland Kieran's heart says Queensland. Miles's heart says New South Wales. We'll get that out of the way. What do our brains tell us? What is going to happen here in State of Origin Game 1? Uh, New South Wales have won the last couple of series, so I'm going to go to the New South Wales fan, Miles. Uh, what's, what's the result going to be for Game 1, do you think? Is it going to be New South Wales run away with it? Uh, how much are they going to win by? Well, I'm not sure what you define as running away with it. But I'm going to go New South Wales by 10. So I, I wouldn't call that running away with it. I, I think that's that's probably still quite a competitive game. So uh, you're not really buying into the whole, uh, this is the absolute bollocks Queensland side and they're not going to be competitive? No, I, I think Queensland are always competitive. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to maybe play the ball on its merits, as they say. I'm going to play it based on how I know this bowler typically bowls. I love hearing a North American come out with a cricket analogy, although that may have been <laughs> baseball. Um, but, no, certainly uh, cricket, I promise. Uh, oh, I'm very proud of you. Um, <laughs> Kieran, uh, your heart says Queensland. What does your head say? Uh, heart says Queensland. I'm hoping Luke Keary's heart says Queensland um, as well. <laughs> um, my head, uh, whilst I'll be back in Queensland hard, I, I just can't go past the Blues and I, I see them winning by at least eight points. Should we be putting uh, Xavier Coates down for first try scorer, intercept off a pass from Luke Keary? <laughs> yes, definitely. I, yeah, I'll um, give him a text after this and uh, make sure it happens. <laughs> he, he's thrown it three metres forward to Coates and <laughs> Coates is away. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Kieran. I, I think my, my heart says Maroons, but uh, there's, there's just no way. There is just no way the Blues should be losing this game. If the Blues, if the Maroons are within 12, I think they've done well. So I'm going to go Blues 13 plus on this one. I think they're going to come out and absolutely give it to the Maroons, but not the first transaction of points. My bold prediction this week is that Dane Gagai will be the first try scorer as Queensland are a little bit quicker out of the blocks. Uh, full of passion, full of running, full of intensity. I think the Maroons will get the first try. Gagai's as good a guess as anybody. And from there, I think New South Wales will get over their shell shock and take over the game from there. So Gagai to be the first try scorer is my bold prediction. Miles, what is yours? Well, I, I typically try to use my head with my bold prediction, or, or my big head, as Nathan Brown would say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and make a bold prediction with my heart here, which is why 
going to be a bit different for my tip. Uh, James Tedesco's Game 3 try last year, obviously won the series for the Blues, as you guys would quite fondly remember. Um, I think the Maroons <laughs> will, will shock by being right in it in the thick of things um, late in the stages of Game 1. And I think that they will force James Tedesco to again score a game-winning try. So my bold prediction is that Tedesco will cross some point late in the game, in, in Game 1, and that will be the winning try for the Blues. So either Queensland will be in front and Tedesco will score the winning try or Queensland will be in striking distance and Tedesco will put them to bed late in the game. All right. Well, I, oh. I'm not going to I'm not even going to take the the striking distance one there. I, I think that's a little bit of a cop out. It's going to be at least Queensland winning or uh, sorry, at least scores tied or Queensland winning. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to I was going to give you a bit of leeway there, but um, nope. all right. I like I'm it. Taking it. All right, and Kieran, you're not one to take freebies from a bold prediction. What is yours? Well, just first of all, I'll I'll hold off on that text to Luke Keary, uh, so I'll make sure Coates doesn't score the first try. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I've got I've got Jaden Sewer off the bench to knock at least two players, two Blues players, on their ass with huge hits. Okay, so when you say on their ass, you mean properly like on their backs like yeah. dominant tackle absolutely rattled the rib cage two separate yeah. blues or two separate tackles uh two separate tackles so i think he did it to lewis i think he was actually put on report for that tackle and i didn't see anything wrong with it but the point is uh yeah two tackles similar to that lewis one where they they fall flat on their back and as a queenslander i would love to see it uh, the only one i wouldn't love to see is tedesco breaking our hearts again so suffice to say uh miles you're not predicting Five try assists to Nathan Cleary. No, no, I'd, I'd certainly prefer that, but no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Tedesco bold prediction. I like it, uh, guys. Thank you so much uh, for this Origin One preview episode. Um, in true Origin fashion, go the Maroons. Go the Maroons. The Blues. I told you last week, mate. I told you that was not the script. <laughs> I'm not scripted. <laughs> Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Your regular panellists are Miles Steadman and Kieran Gibson. Our theme song is Tough Nut by Ryan Cross. I'm Bo Nicholson.